This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analysts, favorite draft analysts. It's your boys from the Draft Act NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA Draft Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Corey Tulliba, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time. Gilm. Albert, what's going on, brother? What is going on? It's good to be back. Um... I, I feel like I say this all the time when we record, but it feels like it's been a while. Um, but uh, I'm excited, dude. We have a fun episode today. I think I th- these episodes are becoming like one of my favorites. Like I love when we cover one prospect, but I think it's also cool when we can cover like 10 to 15 of them at once, which is kind of going against our brand. But fun. I- I'm excited. We got to mix it up sometimes. You know, we got as evaluators, we're looking for versatile prospects so we need to you know expect that of ourselves sir sometimes show off our versatility and be able to carry a show covering more than one guy and spreading the wealth um if you're watching on video albert and i are are rocking our are matching through the wire hoodies shout out to uh our guys from the through the wire podcast um which by the way i was watching a bunch of the episodes from all-star weekend earlier today on YouTube, uh, which you should subscribe to if you haven't yet. And my guys are really good interviewers. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, they're just chopping it up as boys, fellas, throw some, mix it up, throw some interviews in there. You guys really are able to connect with these players in a unique way. So I, I just, I really enjoyed uh the interviews with with you know the players that they they got to chop it up with Mm -hmm. they're legends man special shout out to uh all those guys but especially to pierre who's been a huge supporter and champion of all of our work and we love to do the same that's why we're excited to wear these awesome hoodies the hoodies the hoodies are dope too like Mm -hmm. Corey, the burgundy one you're wearing is really nice um i almost regret not getting that one but i got the black one because i thought black and gold would be tight and like you get like through the wire here and all that stuff but um Really awesome stuff, and we're glad we can support. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Make sure you do that as well. They got some really sick merch. Uh, But today, it's that time of the month again. Um, I just dropped the February edition of the Top 50 NBA Draft Stock Market Prices. So we have to break that down because this was a pretty volatile month. A lot of guys really moved around a lot. I think the top 10 had a decent amount of movement in it uh, as you know, we, we really, at this point we're getting close to March. Like we really have a feel for who these guys are 
as prospects. And so too does the, um, you know, the rest of the boards that we use. And before we actually get into them, another shout out, shout out to Jeremy Wu, who, you know, this is the first time that we haven't included one of Jeremy's, uh, you know, updates or mocks or boards in the rankings. Um, but that's our guy and, uh, you know, big things ahead for, for Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's kick it off and, um, let's, let's bust out. Yeah. We got, we're going to, we're going to go, you know, and, and, and do some, some graphics today. Uh, top five, we got Victor Wembanyama at one. Scoot Henderson at two. Both of those guys uh, were chalk. Every site has those guys one and two. Uh, at number three, we have Brandon Miller. At number four, we have Amen Thompson. And at number five, we have a newcomer to the top five. That is Jarris Walker, who mm-hmm. climbed five spots. He is one of my notable risers. He was at 10 in the last edition. Now he's at five. Um, Brandon Miller at three. I, I think it, at this point, of the news cycle uh I, i'm i'm curious as to what we see with his draft stock uh yeah. in, in in the coming months i i you know for those that don't know it came out that you know he had the the firearm uh that was used in the the murder case um from the alabama team earlier <sighs> In the season, uh, but right before we hopped on here, I just read a statement from his lawyer saying that like he had nothing to do with it. He wasn't there. the The gun was in the car, um, but there's video evidence to corroborate everything, and that's why he hasn't been charged. So let's you know hope that's the case. And Brandon Miller really was just in a bad predicament and and unlucky timing wise. But I don't know. Do you think that this is something that's going to affect his draft stock at all? Um, I'm hoping it's a no. Um, obviously, like, look, Corey, I'm not going to pretend to be some lawyer or even a paralegal. Um, I have no idea, smart, you know, like all the details <laughs> here. Um, but I really hope that none of that bad stuff is true because we have a really sensational talent here. And I, look, it's crappy, right? Like, we get this sometimes in sports where you got you have guys who are really talented and they have off the court stuff that has nothing to do with their game. So, um, I think it's the timing and everything is all unfortunate. And I'm not trying to say that, like, I hope that he I, like any of this stuff gets covered up like if there was a crime sure like i hope you know everything gets processed correctly but uh i would it, it would just be really unfortunate because we really like the player so hopefully all this other stuff isn't true and hopefully it doesn't have an effect on his draft stock is kind of where i'm at yeah i uh, agreed i think you know that's perfectly said uh number four amen thompson i want to touch on amen really quickly yes let's do that uh amen was at number three on the last update he's at four so his stock has kind of remained pretty steady um you know throughout this process you know it's very easy to picture him going three it's easy to picture him going five and dropping a little bit but there's one thing i noticed in watching the uh most recent ote games there there's a slight mechanical tweak to his jump shot Mm -hmm. no longer is he shooting the ball and then following through at like a a 20 degree angle it he's following through straight and pointing that that hand that at the rim so 
look, that that's a pretty big development because we know that with him, it's the jump shot. And if he has the jump shot, then there is a clear case that, yeah, he could be number three. And if the jump shot really comes around, there's a pretty good argument that he is in that scoot tier. It's just how much do you believe in the development of that jumper? And is this mechanical tweak real and something that he can replicate going forward? I, I think, Corey, the one thing that you said that's really important for us to emphasize is the fact that uh, you saw him do this in a game. Right. Like if we saw this in a warm up or like a really quick Twitter video that a scout saw, then I think the the meaning and the weight of that would be way less. But the fact that we're seeing this in games and he's trying this in games against real opposition, I think, is a really telling sign um, and, and an important one. Right. So uh, with that being said, like, you know, we have seen some stuff on Twitter about people saying like they would take Amen over Scoot. And I I think for me personally, I, I kind of hated all that. But if the shooting does get to a point where he's shooting it at a respectable clip, then yeah, of course, it's a totally different conversation because the one thing that we did acknowledge about him was everything other than the shooting. So if the shooting is there, then we're talking about a pretty terrifying prospect. So um, I, I, I think, like you said, the fact that he's doing it in games is a really big deal. Yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, look, they're in their playoffs, so it's going to be one of those situations where even if he is making this mechanical tweak, it's going to be such a small sample that we see. But as we start gearing ourselves for workout season, you know, we're going to start seeing those videos and, um, you know, I'm sure some of us at No Ceilings are going to get an opportunity to kind of watch him in, in that workout setting and uh, that that'll be in an interesting thing to come and report back to uh, moving down into that six to 10 range. We have Asar Thompson of the city reaper city reapers. Amen's brother. We have cam Whitmore from Villanova at seven, Keontae George at eight, Nick Smith at nine and Anthony black at 10. So this is an interesting little group because um, we have a couple of people who fell to this area and who have fallen out of this area. Um, Asar, his draft stock has pretty much remained steady here. Uh, Cam Whitmore was in the top five. He has dropped down to seven. So not some kind of huge, you know, dip by, by any stretch of the imagination. It's pretty easy to see him having a big, uh, big East tournament run and, and, you know, jumping back up into that group. Keontae uh, has slightly jumped up. He had a great game against Kansas State last night, shooting-wise. Nick Smith went from four to nine. Uh, He's probably the major guy that we see as somebody who, who has, you know, fallen from grace slightly. But with that said, he did come back from his injury again, and he probably had his best offensive scoring game of the season uh putting up 26 points and looking pretty spry so i i mean do you think nick smith has the opportunity here to crawl back up into that top five conversation as you know we see guys like jarris and brandon miller and amen and asar and all those other guys is is, do you see a path for nick smith to regain that spot uh i would say 100 percent 
I feel like a lot of these rankings, they, they probably came out when he was still hurt and wasn't playing. Um, and now he's back. And he's a guy who, Corey, I, I think th- there's a reason why his stock price previously was at 4.6, right? He's a guy who people had high expectations for. And he's just kind of struggled with injury. But the fact that he fought to come back for a second time and he had a big game like he did this week um i i think all of that is relevant and important and who knows if he has a really strong end of the season and strong march almost anything could be on the table right other than like victor scoot that area but sure. I, he, could, he could move himself into the top five and i don't think anybody would be crazy shocked by it and if anything like i, I feel like the fact that he decided to come back again to you know, go through the rehab and come back and f- come back from injury twice in one season. I-, I think that also may go well for him. And teams mm. may look at that and be like, hey, I like the fact that he didn't quit on his freshman season. I-, I like that he didn't sit out for whatever purpose, right? But he fought to come back and he's playing well. So I, I-, I really do believe there are a lot of old school guys still in NBA front offices who are going to look at that and be like, oh, you know, that kid, I, I like him. I like I like his girlfriend. I like all that stuff. So <laughs> I, I, there's a world where um, I definitely think he could talk. Well, no, not talk, but play himself back into the top five again. Yeah, uh, agreed. And when he's got it going, man, he looks good. Yeah. He looks good. And I still want to see him, you know, draw contact at the rim. The floater is, is pretty, especially when he has it going. But that's really the last aspect of his game that I need to see. But let's talk about Anthony Black for a second. This is a guy we really liked watching before the season started. We thought he showed some really fun stuff on Team USA over the summer. Uh, his high school stuff was was intriguing. He's a guy that we we liked even early in the season, especially coming off those Maui performances. I'm starting to get the Anthony Black fever again. I really am. I, I've been watching him a lot. I think he's the next guy I'm going to write about at No Ceilings. Jeremy Wu uh, had put him at three yeah. on a mock draft before it was cool. I would not be shocked if he's a guy that generates some top five buzz going forward. Because... Uh, you know, he's got like 20 dunks on the year. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people question yeah. him, I think, as an athlete. Like he's a damn good athlete, gets out in transition. He's got a free throw rate like over 50. Like he is getting to the rim, drawing contact. And when he can get paint touches, I mean, isn't this what we love Ahmed Thompson for? Like this dude, I. I love his passing. I love the pace that he plays with. I, I think he's arguably the best passer in the class. I'm a believer in the sh- in the three point shot. The volume's not there, but he's got soft touch. He's not a disaster shooter. It's at like 33 percent on you know on low volume. He's a great defender. I I have the fever. He's he might be boring, but this is like we saw it with Dyson Daniels last year. His stock continued to rise through the draft as people started realizing the archetype and the success that these guys have. This is a connect the dots guy. I I got the fever, Albert. I I think it's a hundred percent warranted. And Corey, like I think for me watching him play, it's I this I really I really do believe this. If you were to pull 
50 of the top players in the NBA and you you got them in a room and you turned on Anthony Black's tape, I feel like almost every single guy in that room would be like, oh, I, I'd love to play with that kid. Yeah, it's just one of those things where like the way you mentioned it, right, the pace that he plays with the the intelligence, the savvy, the vision that he's got. And you would you, you said he's a connect the dots type of guy. NBA teams like guys like that, the mm-hmm. hot button word. And that's something that I, I wrote about in my article coming out tomorrow or today, depending on when you hear this. It, it, NBA teams love the word versatility. And they want guys who can do more than one thing, more than two things. They want guys who could do four or five different things on the court. And that's exactly why Anthony Black is going to be, in my opinion, beloved by NBA front offices. They're going to get this kid in the gym. He's going to be able to do it in one-on-ones. He's going to be able to do it in scrimmages. He's going to be able to perform just like as an athlete, right, during testing and things like that. I think his vertical jump numbers are going to be a lot higher than people realize. He's a really good athlete, like you said. And we saw that even with like the U18 stuff, like he was really like flying around and doing stuff, you know? So it's, it's easy to see why you've got the fever again, Corey, and I can't wait for you to write about him. But my, my biggest thing is if you asked NBA players to watch his tape, I think they'd all be excited to have him on their team. And I think that that means something. Yeah. His, the way he plays is contagious, right? Like he doesn't have to dominate the ball. He makes quick decisions, even when it, it finds his hands, plays that 0.5 brand of basketball. It's just a lot to like. And if he becomes a 38%, if he gets to Josh Giddy's level as a shooter, I mean, mm, yep. uh, this is a guy we might just look up and be like, hey, we overthought it again when it, it's just like a slap you in the face, so obvious guy. Uh, but I got the fever. Very excited about Anthony Black. Grady Dick making a little bit of jump. There's been a lot of uh, yeah. Grady Dick hype as of late. Um, so he comes in at number 11, knocking on, on the top 10s door, Jet Howard at number 12. I am going to see him tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, take on Rutgers at Rutgers, which is one of the best environments to scout a prospect because the rack is just OD crazy. Like the student section, a bunch of drunk New Jersians, uh, just mad that they can't make left turns it's it's a it's it's an unbelievable environment uh case and wallace at 13 bryce sensaba at 14 big jump. uh big jump for for bryce sensaba yes he is uh one of our big he had a plus nine jump mr sensaba uh Kaysen was one of our big big dippers he he dipped five yeah. spots um, which, uh, you know, I, I think is not like a, a, a huge, huge dip, but when you're talking in that top 15 area, that's a pretty, it's a pretty big dip. Yeah. Yeah. And then rounding out at 15 is UCF's Taylor Hendricks, another guy I'm going to get an opportunity to see in early March and who had a, a huge jump because Taylor Hendricks or Taylor Hendricks had a plus 17 jump. That is one of the biggest jumps of the night. What stands out to you out of that group of Grady Dick, uh, Jet Howard, Kaysen Wallace, Bryce Sensaba, and Taylor Hendricks? Um, well, first off, I, 
I, I'd be, what would I be doing if I didn't mention my boy Jet? Happy for him. Love that his stock is going up. Uh, hasn't had the best last couple of weeks, but I'm not going to let that mess with me and my confidence in him as a prospect. I, I, I just think it's a little bump in the road. I think it'll be just be fine. Um, I, I, something that I wrote about in my article, I hate to keep spoiling my article, but <laughs> a lot of people between now and the draft are going to be throwing out that tweet. Grady Dick is more than just a shooter, right? And I and I think it's valid. I'm really excited to see all those tweets and people write about it because the guy is a very skilled wing and he's huge at six foot eight. So I think that's cool. I, I did want to ask you, Corey, about uh, about Taylor Hendricks because mm-hmm. um, I've seen that a lot of people are really high on him. Us at No Ceilings, right? I've been pretty high on him. But wanted to kind of hear, because we haven't done our breakdown of him yet, but wanted to kind of hear your spiel about why, or actually, I don't even remember where you had him ranked, but what your overall thoughts are on his game. Because I'm I'm not going to say that I don't like him or anything like that. It's just, I don't think I'm as high as everybody else. Um, So yeah, kind of just wanted to hear your spiel on him a little bit. So I, looking at my last or my most recent board, I have him at 15, which is exactly where he's come in here. Um, I think he's interesting. I've seen some chatter that he could be like a a 3-4, and I don't agree. I don't think he's a 3 at all. I think he is a 4 that like you hope could play small ball 5. What really made me... um, intrigued by him is when I finally made the connection of like, who have I seen that I think he could replicate the role in the NBA. And I landed on, I think that he could be a Jaden McDaniels type of player. Now I think he is coming into the NBA, a better distant shooter than Jaden McDaniels. He's got a a super high release, smooth, but he's six, nine. He's long. I think he's going to be switchable. He protects the rim. You know, uh, I think that he's going to be a guy that is just this gadgety kind of like four or five that is able to, you know, guard out on the perimeter. And his offensive role is so easy to predict because you, I think if you draft him, especially in the back half of the lottery range or beyond, you're not expecting him to turn into this dominant on ball creator. You're, you don't need him to really be anything more than like a short role playmaker or like a make the extra pass guy. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I think as long as he could do that, you don't have to worry about him developing into any kind of crazy playmaker. But really, you just want him to pick and pop, uh, run out and transition where he could either like flare out to the wing for three or he can rim run depending on, you know, what the the lineup construction is. So I think it's easy to see him have a successful path to the NBA given, you know, he goes to a team that gives him reps, but I, he's just like a modern NBA forward that can shoot and, and block shots. And I think that's really valuable. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think that's all fair. Um, I think for me, uh, where I was in my head was I, I definitely got it in my own head and I, I, I really like what you just said about him on the next level and the type of the way that NBA teams would use him, right? Kind of as like a four. I, I, cause I really didn't see him as like a three. No, I can't <clears> see that. 
yeah like I, I really kind of and, and i saw that out there like on twitter and stuff and i think maybe like that got in my head a little bit um but if you look at the raw numbers and if you watch the tape like the you're right the shooting is there the volume is there too he's taking four and a half threes per game and he's shooting it at just under 41 percent. that means that's something yeah, that's, that's great that's, that's really good um also just under 80 percent from the free throw line that's a classic indicator for us in terms of a guy and his actual shooting now he's only taken three free throw attempts per game but still like I, we've seen guys who take low volume and shoot 60 percent, right but the fact yeah. that he's at 80 i think is a good sign and then he's, got, he's averaging 1.7 blocks per game which is also very very impressive so i i think cory for me like i i do like him i do I, I won't say that i hated him or anything but i think just in my head i was like oh i don't really see him playing a three um but the way that you put it right being a kind of mixed four or five hybrid type of guy who you know you put him in pick and roll action you maybe ask him to make some decisions for you in the short roll and stuff like that and he can be explosive as an athlete and can shoot the ball pick and pop stuff so i see it now i hear i agree with it it's just i think i was in my own head yeah and sometimes it's easy to do that right but i do think that he could switch out to threes defensively like yes, yeah. i don't want him like staying on nba threes for a whole game but i think that's the appeal is that you know he could like survive on an island yeah. uh he's intriguing i i could see him rising in in my book as well and that's one of the reasons i'm really excited to see him in in a couple of weeks um up close because i, I want to see how he moves like up close and i want to see how big he really is uh and how long he really looks and how fluid he looks and i think i'm going to be impressed um i do uh let's uh Shout out the chat real quick. Everybody watching live on YouTube, make sure that you uh, smash that like button if you haven't yet and contribute, hang out, you know, comment in the chat. Uh, shout out Canal Bon Loya. So salute to the panel. Salute to you as well, my brother. Uh, and shout out to Kayla Presley, who agrees and says that uh, Taylor Hendricks is like a McDaniels bro for sure. So um, again, shout out to all of you watching live on the no ceilings youtube channel all right let's move into our next group uh at number 16 we have gg jackson at number 17 we have max lewis at 18 we have ryan Rupert. at number 19 we have chris murray and at number 20 we have derek whitehead so this is um this is the wing stop portion of <laughs> of our our list here um <laughs> so Gigi jackson uh is a guy who uh, you know his stock is is i feel like it's right where it needs to be here at 16 for me because you know he's had a rough season as um you know conference play has you know started yeah. uh he's really been really inefficient but again you're if you're into gg jackson you're buying into the flashes and not what the numbers tell you obviously that ig live that he had where he was complaining about touches was like not super great but you know super young still should have known better still needs to be held accountable and and hopefully you know he came off the bench and hopefully this humbles him a little bit and i but what i will say about gg is i was at a game recently and i was speaking to um an nba scout and they were like, look, I, I can't see how Gigi makes it out of the top 10. Like he's going to get into workouts and with teams and, you know, they're going to see the the shot making and the frame 
and the skill. And he's like, I just can't see how he makes it out of the top 10. So we'll see, though. Right. You know, that's what makes the the draft fun. <laughs> like if Gigi Jackson all of a sudden got drafted seventh, you would be like, oh, kind of surprising. But also, you know, it wouldn't be completely shocking. But at the same time, if he if he was one of the guys who dropped a little bit, you probably wouldn't be shocked by that either. He His his stock feels like the most volatile in this range yeah. to me. I mean, Corey, you and I attended an NBA draft where Zaire Williams went 10th. So, right. <laughs> nothing's too crazy. No, and man, I like we argued on the draft deck, <laughs> yeah, that Memphis should just take Trey Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> we were so right. We were so damn right. That's one of our one of our better calls because that dude is really freaking good. And he would have been like, can you imagine him and Bane nope. oh together? The length, the D he would have been perfect. It's just like Oh, and he's huge. We saw him at Summer League. Really, we were like, how yeah. big is this motherfucker? He's gigantic. <laughs> Good job by us on, on that one. But man, yeah, Gigi, I could see that where, you know, it's the Zaire Williams thing. Yeah. Uh, Max Lewis did. Uh, he is one of the guys who jumped up a little bit. It, it He has jumped up eight spots since the last update. Which, even with the plus eight here and ha- him landing at seventeen, I- it did feel for a minute like he was trending in that like eight to twelve range, more so than this kind of seventeen to twenty range. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you know, Corey. Actually, really quickly, I wanted to ask you a question because this mm, Max Lewis. Right. Yeah. You know, I've had kind of like a no, no, I, I really like okay. Let me let me kind of recalibrate here. Okay. There was a moment where I felt like I was a little bit lower on him. Now I'm back on. I really do like him. Just like I every single year I have this with certain prospects, right? Where I look at I look at the player in a vacuum. I get excited. I look at the skill set. I get excited. I see what they can do, right? And I told you myself, like, I saw him live, and during warm-ups, like, he couldn't miss a shot. He was unbelievable. But then at the same time, like, I watch, like, some of the games and who he's playing, the type of competition and things like that. Like, I I continue to... Even in the discussion we had about, like, Taylor Hendricks before and stuff, like, I I get in my head a lot about certain prospects. And it's weird. Like, I wish I was consistent all across the board with every single prospect that I watch. But I'm human and it just doesn't happen. Where I I know that he's made a significant jump up up the rankings. I'm happy for him. Um, I have him in my top 10, actually. So that's that. But just where are you with Max Lewis now at this point of the season? Just wanted to kind of get, like, a vibe check from you. Yeah, I still have him top 10 as well. Cool. Yeah, I for me, like, look, and, and I again, you talk about the consistency and like across the board. Yeah. How many times am I kind of like, um, I like players that impact winning. And like, that's why I love Marcus Sasser and guys like that. And why, you know, I'll buy into that. And yet, Pepperdine is terrible. Yeah. So I think that the variable in that is that I think Max Lewis is so damn talented and his movement patterns yeah. to me 
is the selling point. He just moves like an NBA dude out on the floor. He is so smooth. Like the he's a pretty good playmaker. Like he like I think his the the playmaking flashes that he's shown this year are pretty impressive. And while he's not a perfect decision maker, like of course not, he's still pretty raw to playing the game of basketball, yeah. which is also an, a, a unique part um of Max Lewis is you know it's this is not a guy who has taken the same path as everybody else. I I just I look at him and I go, "All right. I get it." And by the way, I hate watching the Pepperdine team because yeah. it it feels like a bunch of talented kids that are running fives. Yeah. Like there's no cohesion. They don't at all. necessarily play like a team. So uh, for me, it feels like they play like a, it almost feels like watching an AAU game with them. Mm. Like I, I forgot what game I was watching with Max Lewis and he had like this stretch, like five minutes into the game where he scored like nine points in a row. But previous to that five minute stretch, he didn't even touch the ball. Like they just wouldn't look his way. Yeah. Like it was almost like he like, stole one of their like the all of their girlfriends or beat them at poker and they were just so mad at him they just froze him out and then as soon as he touched it it was like boom just nine quick points in a variety of ways and i was just like what are we doing here mm-hmm. so I, his situation's weird i don't like how they play but i am just such a believer in max lewis the talent and i think that getting him at 17 is like could be highway robbery yeah, ultimately, because I think he talent wise and what he, like how he fits in the NBA is like that would be such a steal in this range. So I, I think he's another guy that especially when you get to workouts, like I think he's going to shoot the cover out off the ball. Yes. You're going to see how fluid he is uh, and you're not going to see him have to play in this Pepperdine situation. I, you know, I, I, I try to think it like if he was on like Alabama, like how much better he would look in a system like that. Like I, you know, like for him, I think his situation is almost hampering his stock right now where people got bored. Like he was hot for a minute and then like people moved on. So like they're dropping him down, but I think he's a top 10 talent. Okay. No, that that's all fair. And I, I agree with you. Like ultimately on our latest big boards that we submitted, I kept him in my top 10 because I, believe everything that you just said and interestingly enough Corey, if he's in that range from 17 to 21 i know of a team that plays in new york that i love (laughs) and i would absolutely freak out if the knicks grabbed a guy like max lewis because of everything that you said he's a modern nba wing like the type of stuff that he could do with the ball in his hands the way that he moves and the fact that he can really shoot the ball is something that i think the knicks need to add to their roster in my opinion um but no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think in this situation, context is really, really important. And sometimes just watching the player in the vacuum, just watching him in warmups actually means something. So, okay. Yeah. And look, it's a, you know, this is why we talk these things out and talk it through. Uh, Ryan Repair, I watched a, a bunch of his games, mm-hmm. which is pretty easy to do because, like, his minutes are not always like, super high it's like like he guards the length of the floor yeah his arms are so freakishly long that it 
they look like they don't belong to his body. He looks like a science experiment. Hmm. He like you remember when Scotty Barnes at Florida State was like guarding the length yeah. of the floor and how like just terrifying and frustrating it was for a guy that size. That's what repair feels like when he's on the court. <laughs> like his defense is terrifying. It's is the offense going to catch up? Because I think the shot is like pretty okay. Like it it's it's pretty fluid. It's not it's not broken by any stretch of the imagination. He's he's able to do some stuff with the ball in his hands, but yeah. still, you know, kind of not as aggressive as you want getting to the rack unless he's got like a lane. Gotta get stronger, you know, all that that stuff. But that's a uh a super in- intriguing guy <laughs> for sure. All right. If I if I can really quickly, Corey. Of course. Uh, I love that you brought up the Scotty Barnes thing because I just remember like Scotty Barnes, freshman year of Florida State, he would get in a stance and his arms were so long. Sometimes it looked like he was like just like walking on all fours. Yeah. But <laughs> he like a, wasn't. Like a spider. Yeah, yeah. Like something like or like, you know, like in Star Wars during like the Clone Wars, like those robots that like had multiple. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying too much now. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on repair, man. The guy's super long. Um, I actually don't hate the jump shot. Like I, I yeah, it's I'm, it's I'm, fine. Yeah, it's exactly it's fine. Like <laughs> we're not going to be writing home about Ryan repairs jump shot, but no. it's not broken. And I I hope I hope it because it looks smoother than it did before is what mm. I would say. And I think that's an encouraging sign. So wanted to give him that. Yeah, agreed. Derek Whitehead is going to continuously be one of the most like interesting frustrating just blah situations because when he is spotting up it does seem like the ball's gonna go in most of the time like he's over 40 percent on spot ups and i see almost anything else and i'm like hate it (laughs) hate it Mm -hmm. almost anything else i just i don't want any part of it and he has dropped only eight spots and with his season i think it's pretty generous i think people are still willing to buy in to his preseason high school tape a little bit and you know i I think the duke thing seeing how much success aj griffin has had translating and how overblown some of those worries were and how you know, him dropping to the spot he did in last year's draft seems, you know, like a mistake at this point. But I don't think the situations are all that similar. For me personally, I just don't see a similar player. Anytime Dariq has to do anything but spot up and shoot, I get nervous. I just don't, it, it looks clunky. It looks uncoordinated. It looks inefficient. Some of his mid-range shots that he settled for so much in high school just look like it looks like even if there's 20 seconds, it looks like he's trying to get a shot off with uh, with a, an expiring shot clock. It's like some of the ugliest shit. It's just pure junk. But if he's a guy who's six 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 seven with a big body and has the potential to defend and can knock down threes at a 40% clip, there is something there. For me personally, though, I think I would just rather take chances elsewhere. So, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, please do. Yeah. Watching Dariq, it feels like a guy who... So, okay. 
in my high school, uh, the, I went to Bayside High School in Queens, New York. For our listeners out there who want to look me up, you'll find nothing. Uh, Great band, to, by the way. <laughs> I went to Bayside High School. And um, our school was 9 to 12, right? Ninth grade to 12th grade, right? But I remember my sophomore year, there was like a local middle school where they had 6th grade to ninth grade. So there are some kids who stayed in junior high all the way till ninth grade. So they essentially spent their freshman year of high school in middle school and then came over in 10th grade, right? And I remember thinking that there were a lot of these kids who came in for their first year of high school as 10th graders. And a lot of them, it felt like they were kind of overcompensating. Like they wanted to make up for lost time and like try to be really cool and like kind of over the top just to fit in and stuff like that. Watching Dariq sometimes, it feels rushed. Like a guy who understands that he's missed time and really wants to make up for lost time. And he's like trying to do things. But then I think in that effort to try to make up for lost time, I think that's where a lot of the clunkiness comes in and he's rushing things. And like you said, taking gnarly looking shots early in the shot clock, just trying to be, it just feels like he's trying to be the superstar that he was billed to be. And he's trying to do that with like after all the time that he missed and it's just coming out looking like shit is kind of how it is right now and how I feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, for sure. It, it does. It's he feels like he is trying to make up for lost time. That's exactly what it feels like. He's just his mind is moving at a different speed than his body. And right. it looks weird and awkward. And again, that I mean, that Duke team is not built, you know, in, in a way that will help him, uh, you know, like accentuate his strengths necessarily. I mean, uh, when he's not playing against Syracuse's two three, it it's it doesn't look awesome to me. But you know, there's still time for him. Corey, can we do coach, coach's corner real quick? Sure. I, I, I need to ask you this because okay. for me, I, I need your expertise to explain this for me because my brain is not there. I'm not a coach. Never played high level basketball. I'm Asian. Here we go. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Hyunjung Lee just got signed by the Let's go. Warriors. So it's a good day for us Asians, right? But once say this, okay. I look at Dariq Whitehead, okay, understand, rush, whatever. Filipowski, a guy that both of us like in a vacuum, we're like, dude, I, I like this guy, right? I, I watch Mark Mitchell. I look at him in a vacuum and I'm like, oh, I like Mark Mitchell. He plays hard. He's not like the most refined player. I like him. I look at Tyrese Proctor and I go, I think Tyrese Proctor has a future with more time and seasoning. I think there is a future with him too. Why is it that these guys combined on this Duke team are so, it's it's such a shit show. Can you just give us your coach's corner explanation as to what's going on there uh, at, at Duke? I don't know. It sometimes sometimes I just don't think the the pieces fit. Okay. Sometimes I just don't think they fit. I mean, I think ideally like when you're evaluating like a guy like Mark Mitchell in an NBA context, like this is going to be a guy who has to pretty much be exclusively a 4. Mm. Right? Mm. Offensively at least. Yes. And who you probably want him guarding like modern day fours, but that's where you're going to have Filipowski playing. Yeah. Lively is going to be a center, so only. He's a one-position guy, right? Sure. Like So Lively and Mark Mitchell, neither one is a floor spacer. It's clunky. Even Filipowski, who is 
probably the guy you trust the most to be a floor spacer out of that front court group. He's shooting like 28%. Like the percentages don't match the aesthetic of his shot. Yeah. So they just don't have a lot of shooting. I think Tyrese Proctor has looked better as the season's gone along, but he's another guy who, who reclassed. Now he is a little bit older, um, but you know, technically he shouldn't have been coming over till next year. And I think you could see that youth in him. Like he settles for a lot of tough, like step back or, mm-hmm. you know, like behind the back gatherer shots when like he really could be like hitting open teammates you know, it's almost like that he's creating these shots and drawing the attention of the defense. And he has opportunities to make plays that he just doesn't see them yet. And like, that's supposed to be his main strength is right. Like was coming in was like him being an interesting playmaker, which I think if he stays in uh, at school, like next year, I think we could see more of that. Derek is like you said, he's always trying to do too much out on the floor. So it feels like he's pressing and not playing within an offense or a scheme. The pieces just don't fit. Okay. I that's that's fair. They just it's just sometimes when you get a lot of talent, yeah, but you're not getting pieces that fit together and add on that Shire is a first year coach and coaching is really hard even when you have really talented guys and college basketball is getting older. And even though these guys are really talented as uh, like prospects, you're in a really, really hard conference playing against older, more experienced guys who are just better college basketball players at the end of the day. So I think that's why it has looked weird so far, but you know, that said, most of these guys have shown some flashes Uh, shout out to everybody watching live on YouTube, make sure you smash that like button for your boys and subscribe if you have not yet. Albert, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to continue on with the rest of the top 50. All right, we are back uh, at 21. We briefly touched on Filipowski. Um, His stock has dropped a little bit but nothing too drastic at number 22 we have jordan hawkins who has helped himself he is uh jumped up a, a little bit turquavion smith at number 23 who is a guy that i just recently went and got an opportunity to watch live at number 24 we have jalen hood scafino Number 25, we have Derek Lively, who we also touched on. At number 26, we have Noah Clowney. Number 27, Khalil Ware. At number 28, we have Colby Jones. 29, we have Leonard Miller, who our guy Maxwell at No Ceilings just did an awesome feature on. So head to noceilingsnba.com to read that. It's absolutely free. And number 30, we have Marcus Sasser. So who out of that group do you want to uh talk about i don't know if we've ever had a conversation about colby jones Mm. i tell me if i'm crazy i i like that guy i well of course (laughs) (laughs) i would i would want that guy on my nba team i just He's the classic like, hey, you, you want to you, you want to talk about a winner? A kid knows how to like Kobe Jones. Just seems like a guy who you throw on the floor, and he just innately knows how to do all the right things all the time. Um, like the type of guy that like old school scouts would be like, oh, that kid's a cerebral player. 
you know, and have like no explanation for what that means. I, I right. feel like that's Colby Jones in my mind. I, I like him a lot. Your thoughts, Corey. I agree with you. This The dude is just like, he's, he's a basketball player. And I yes. think that there is a smart team that I think he's going to go earlier than we expect. Oh yeah. Cause I, I think that a team like Miami or, um, even Sacramento, uh, I think you can make a case for the Lakers, um, who have the Pelicans pick. I, I think that that's a, the kind of guy or I mean, Indiana, uh, with one of their Ooh. later picks, you know, like I think he's just a guy who like he's going to impact winning because he does so much. Like last night, I forgot who they were they were playing. Um, was it Villanova? I don't know. And yes, I think it was. He was like one for eight or something from the floor, but he had seven rebounds, seven assists, and like one turnover. And it was just like you got to love the guys who they're not scoring. So they're going to go find other ways to contribute. And that's what he does. Like, he's just a guy that coaches are going to love. Caleb Presley in the chat says Colby Jones equals Josh Hart. Like, I think that's, that's a fun, that that's kind of role that I think he's, he's capable of playing at the next level. You know, I, Corey, this is the best way I think I can put it for whatever reason. There are some guys in the league that everyone just like unilaterally, like no, not unilaterally, unanimously, just like they love this guy and they never look at his shooting stats. But for whatever reason, like he's always at like 32% or 30% from three. I feel like Colby Jones could be that guy. Like he might spend his whole career being a below average three point shooter and no one's going to care because he does so many really good things on the floor is how I see Colby Jones. And I like, I don't know, I, I watch him play and I'm like, oh, I really like this guy. Like yeah. there is, mm-hmm. I just, I want him on my team. If I was a GM of 30 NBA teams, I'd grab him for every, I just, I like him. Just want to say that. Yeah. Don't, I, he's, I think he's going to be a guy who could give you minutes right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. maybe that, maybe those minutes aren't like super, super impactful, but they're like minutes that allow you to, like rest your main players and you're not getting killed when he's on the floor. You know, like, like, like similarly to like Austin Reeves came in as like Mm -hmm. a experienced bigger guard who could do a bunch of things and was able to earn minutes right away as an undrafted rookie. Like I think Colby Jones is a guy like that. Really quickly. I actually hated it when you said Indiana, because I just like I think he'd be fantastic on that team with Halliburton and everyone else they have over there. So, damn. It. I I want to ask you a question because sure. it's something I was thinking about tweeting out. Paulo and Franz, or Halliburton and Matherin. Who are you take? Um. It's, this is not like an easy choice for me, but I'm going Paolo and Franz. Okay. Um, just because I think of the four guys you mentioned, I think Paolo's going to be the best player um, of the four. And I also think Franz Wagner is a ridiculously awesome NBA player. Um, and there is an outcome, Corey, where if we were to rank the, the best four by the time their careers are over, there is a world where it's Paolo and Franz one and two. 
So I think I'd go with that. Those two. There is a world. But I. F- Here's my hot take. Sure. Paulo's a rookie. He's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. He's big. He's mobile. He can make plays. He gets downhill. He rebounds. All that stuff. NBA fans are going to turn on him in a couple of years. They are going to turn on him and say that he doesn't play a winning brand of basketball. They're going to say he settles. He takes two tough shots. He's a chucker. I don't know. I could just, I, I, I think NBA fans are going to overreact and turn on him in a couple of years. However, that's just a thought that I've, has been living in my head. Damn. I think there's also a world where Halliburton is the best player. Yeah. Out of that group. Yeah. He is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good, man. Like he always makes the right decisions. He is an offense in and of him, himself. And like Matherin, like Matherin's at, at, like that dude is getting to the rim whenever he wants. Like he's a, like, there's a chance that he's averaging 25 points a game. Like both of those guys are like closing in on 50 points per game, but Halliburton's also running the most efficient offense in the league. I don't know. I, I, Indiana, like with Halliburton just wins a ton of games. Yeah. That team, like right now, I think they have like somewhere around, they had the sixth pick in our most recent mock draft at no ceilings and they took Jarris Walker. Like, if they get a guy like Jarris to add it's to that over. core, I am going to <laughs> hopefully find a throwback jersey with one of those three guys on it and buy, and buy, buy a throwback, a custom throwback jersey. Uh, Corey, I really quickly, you said that when um, Halliburton plays, they win a lot. Also, when he doesn't play, they lose a lot. And I think that that's also true. means something. I, it, I think that does mean yeah. something. Yeah. I do think that means something for sure. Um, back to the topic at hand, Jalen hood, Scafino, one of the weirdest draft cycles for him. Cause he's now back at 24 on our top 50 consensus rankings amongst the mainstream big boards. And he was not listed last month. Like teams were just like, no, not putting him on the boards and he shot all the way up to 24. So he's had the, like the biggest jump. Cause he's a, a plus 26 plus <laughs> <laughs> because he wasn't even on the board. So who knows where he would have been averaged out beyond the top 50. Uh, and now uh, I think at no ceilings, we've been higher on him. We have him closer to the lottery. I think he was number 12 on our latest big board. Uh, he's number twenty four here. I think he's going to continue to rise. So I just want to. I just wanted to touch on how weird his cycle has been. But also, Corey, to touch on the player, he's sick. Like, yeah, he's he's fucking good, dude. Jalen yeah. Shafino. Also, how do you say his name? Is it Shafino or Scafino? I have no idea. I don't know. We'll do it both okay. ways. Okay. That way, we're we're right half the time. Or we'll just call him JHS, right? There you go. Junior high school. But the thing Jay is Hood. with him, Jay Hood, Jay Hood, shout out, cool. Shout out, shout out, D Block. Jay Hood, very cool. But <clears throat> he's so good, and like 
it's kind of crazy that he was not listed before or like at all. Um, he's nasty. And like every time I watch him play, I'm like, oh, cool. NBA teams are going to love this guy. Like they, what it's it's weird. Like he's a big ass guard and he can really pass the ball. And his mid range stuff is crispy. And he's I really think he's going to shoot the three well enough too. eventually. Like I I just don't get it. I really like him a lot. And aesthetically, he's like one of these guys that like if he pulled up to your like open gym and you saw him playing, you'd be like, oh, sh- that, that dude can ball. Like you would yeah. want to be on his team for every single game. So I, I don't get it. I think he's fantastic. Just want to throw that in there. Uh, mundane morsels in the chat says it's Shafino. There it is. Okay, Shafino. Also says that JH, JHS is wildly inconsistent, even for a freshman. Oh. I watch every game as a grab. And he has struggled with inconsistency. And some games he's really hot. In other games, you know, it takes a little while for him to get going and he'll start the game cold and then all of a sudden he'll get hot. So, yes, he is um, inconsistent. And I think that's why he's number 24 on the top 50 rankings. However, it still doesn't necessarily explain why he just wasn't listed mm-hmm. in last month's ranking. Uh, I still just, it seems like a bunch of, like we just finally paid attention to Indiana. <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. Like, That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's hit the next 10. We have Julian Phillian, uh, Julian Phillips at number 31, Mr. Hot Honey himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 32, we have Jaime Jaquez Jr., who has uh, jumped up a little bit. Shout out, Triple J. 33, James Naji from Barcelona, who was also not listed, had uh, a plus 17 plus jump. Jalen Wilson at 34. Trace Jackson Davis at number 35, who was also not listed. So he had a plus 15 plus jump. Dylan Mitchell drops to number 36. He is minus 19. Shocked, to be honest, that this was all he fell. Uh, Nikola Durisic at number 37, who has dropped about 10 spots. City Sissoko of the G League Ignite, who... Um, friend of the program. Friend of the program. Last week, uh, I chopped it up and broke down film with him. And he was one one of probably the best interviews that I did because he had such a good personality. Hmm. Like just a really funny engaging kid um loved talking shop with him and getting to watch him uh in the next up game at at all-star weekend was was really cool uh and then at 39 we have ricky council and number 40 we have dayron holmes so talk to me who do you want to talk about here in this this next grouping <sighs> well first off awesome job with this is man thank like, you that was awesome you were I- missed I wish I was there, um, yeah. but it was a great interview. Wanted to talk about Mr. TJD a little mm-hmm. bit. Wanted to get your thoughts because, yes. you know, things are starting to bubble. And he was a guy that was on some of our boards last season, even. And he went back yeah. to school. was like, you know what? I'm going to work on my game. going to come and just dominate college basketball next season. He's had some big, big games. High impact, high numbers. Uh, what are your thoughts? Where do you, like, Man. okay. So actually, you know, go ahead, Corey. Go My ahead. thoughts are dangerous. 
<laughs> My thoughts are dangerous. I really, really, really like his game right now. He's inside my top 25, uh, which I understand like for an older prospect and one that doesn't shoot threes is a big seems crazy, but I think that he could be the steal of the draft. I, I mean, when I look at his game, I do see modern NBA player, even though on the surface because of those things that I said doesn't seem like it, but I look at him and think that you can run similar kind of offense that uh, the Kings run with Sabonis where he is serving as this DHO hub screening, rolling to the rim. He is an awesome playmaker. So he can, uh, you can use him as a roller in the short roll and a playmaker out of the short roll where he's, you know, uh, driving and finding open guys. Um, I think he's going to be really efficient around the rim. He's really athletic. So he's a lob target sets, good screens. And then defensively, I mean, he is blocking everything. I, I think length, athleticism, timing, and then he's big and strong. So he could play the five and not get manhandled down low. I think he's good. I think he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I I was excited to hear that from you. I think he's a guy that, and also on top of all that, he plays so hard. Like mm. He really does. Guy really just gives a shit at all times. Plays really hard. He's averaging, he's essentially averaging three blocks per game. That That's good. <laughs> that has to be good. You know? Hey, Dale Davis is his father. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, Indiana Pacers uh legend Dale, Dale Davis. Cool. All right. Is he's, he's a lottery lock. Put him in there. Come on. That's yeah. awesome, dude. I had no idea. Yeah. How could he not play hard? Exactly. Wow. What an example to follow. Yeah. So, uh I know you love your throwback NBA players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I love his game. I, I, I love his game. I, I got to see him live earlier this year. Uh, Jay Hood was hurt. He was dealing with back issues, so I didn't get to see him play. But seeing Trace play at the rack and dealing with that environment and um, the playmaking stuff and do you feel like kid's good. Kid is kid is good. I don't care that he's old. Mm. Like, I don't care. I'm not saying to take him in the lottery, but what I am saying is when I you know, and I threw this to the chat. I think recently where I was like, I think that it could be a fun exercise if we all do like a top 20 board based on who we think realistically, when we look back in three to five years, we predict would have the best NBA careers. So we're, we're trying to be a little bit more realistic and not betting so much on potential because most of the time potential goes unfulfilled and your eyes aren't lying to you with what you see. Now, not all the time. Sometimes guys make major leaps from college to the pros and that's why you bet on the youth and development. But Trace is a guy that I would have in that top 20. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, he's good, man. It's 
freaking good. Damn. He's very good. Yeah, he's very good. Dale Davis is good. Cool. Yeah. Um, I quickly, because we have some, you know, we have some big Jalen Wilson fans. Um at no ceilings. I I what are your thoughts on him? <laughs> okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I don't know, Corey. Like, it's weird. Like, I just talked about Colby Jones and why I like him so much. And I feel like a lot of that should also apply to J- Jalen Wilson. It, 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 I can't describe it. I, I don't. He's not that high on my board, actually. But maybe he should be. But also, maybe I'm right. I, I don't know. Like, I, it, is it like, um, is it like me not being able to pinpoint one skill? But then also, isn't that the same for Colby Jones? I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I think Colby Jones' playmaking makes him yeah, a little bit more valuable, sure. right? Yeah. Like Jalen Wilson, what I will say is he rebounds the hell out of the ball, uh-huh. which is good, and he's big. He's got good size. Uh, if the shot comes along, sure, I, I get it. I like McCuller better as an NBA prospect, mm-hmm. even though because his shot needs to come along as well. For sure, he's got to shoot it more consistently. But I, I think that as a connective role player piece, like I could see it more with McCuller than Jalen Wilson. I, I read or or heard today somewhere. I don't remember. He doesn't have any dunks on the year. I don't know if that's true. Uh, not everything I read on the internet is true. <laughs> but that would be super weird if that was the case. I don't. I know that there there's a lot of fans at no ceilings and I'm sorry for yeah. uh all of you listening and and Metcalf you know, especially ripping but, your your hair. Well Metcalf, Metcalf at this point has asked if every member of that roster is going to get drafted. <laughs> <laughs> well Corey, I, I you know as you were talking about it I think it kind of dawned on me he to me and I don't say this as a slight like it, it's the reality like he feels like a really good college basketball player. And like one of those guys where you talk about like, Oh God, he was freaking good in college. But then you look at the NBA career and it's not anywhere close. Um, Mm. And so I I think that's where my mind is right now. Like I watch him play and obviously he is a huge part of um, why Kansas is a good team this year. And you also mentioned they have a lot of good players on that team. But, but of course, like Jalen Wilson is a guy that a lot of people are going to point to and be like, yeah, he's he kind of like what makes him run. But in, in my mind, I think the more I watch him, the more I think about him, I think my mind just goes to like, oh, like he's going to have a great college career. And I don't know about anything beyond that. Yeah, like if, if I trusted his shot more, I could be in, but... I just don't trust mm-hmm. the. I just don't trust the shot. Is yeah. what it comes down to. Um, and if if I don't see that, then I don't know. He's just not. He's just not for me. Sometimes you sure. know that's fine. Yeah, z- zero dunks <laughs> z- at his size. I mean, that's a little concerning. Yeah, it's a little concerning. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's finish out the last ten guys here. Uh, at number 41, we have Amani Bates. 42, Julian Strother. At number 43, we have Reese Beekman. Uh, at number 44, we have Terrence Shannon Jr. At number 45, we have Azulis Tabellis. Shout out Lithuania. At number 46, 
Coleman Hawkins. 47, Jordan Walsh at number 48. Friend of the program, Jalen Clark at number 49. Adem Bona. And number 50, we have Arthur, Arthur Kaluma. Who there is tickling your fancy? Um, obviously Julian Strother, a guy that yes. I loved, uh, since last season, a guy who I saw live a couple of times and he just kind of wowed me every time I watched him play. Um, I really like that guy. And I think NBA teams are going to be super into his skill set. Um, it, it, yeah, I just, I don't know. He kind of feels like a big M- Emmanuel quickly to me at times. I, I don't think that's a fair comp, but like it's weird. My mind thinks of that for whatever reason. It might just be the floater, and maybe my mind is stupid and too simple. But I I really like Strother. No, I I like the creative comp. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. But I like Strother, and obviously Tubelis, a lot of fun. Uh, Jalen Clark, we love him. Bona, Corey would love to hear you talk about a Dem Bona guy that I've seen up close many times. Are the main guys that stick out to me? Because I, I won't lie to you, Corey. I won't lie. I haven't watched a lot of Coleman Hawkins. Now, I have watched some. Not a lot, though. So I don't want to even like pretend like I'm a Coleman, Coleman Hawkins um, expert right now. But um, those are the main guys that stuck out to me. All right. I, I'm not a big Coleman Hawkins guy. I get the idea of him, but to me, mm-hmm. he's so much more theoretical than realistic okay. that he's just not, just not for me. Bona is interesting. Yeah. Because he was a guy that popped when I saw them at MSG when they played Kentucky. He wasn't like doing a ton of stuff out there, but like he made a few athletic plays that you were like, oh shit. Like that's legit athleticism. And then you look at the frame and how monstrous of a frame he is, he has. Um, and you go, all right. So he's showed some really impressive defensive flashes where he's able to get out on the perimeter and defend out there and switch and hedge and recover back to his man. And you could see him playing in all of these schemes. And that's like the first thing you want with him because of the type of player that he is as a center who's not going to be shooting like can he defend in multiple schemes checkbox mm-hmm. and then offensively if all you want out of him rim is a guy who's rim running catching lobs and cleaning up the garbage hanging out in the dunker spot then I think you're finding a guy who could sneak into the first round is what I think because he's an, he's an athletic freak kind of prospect. If you're like, I want him to develop a shot and if you want to turn him into something he's not, then you're going to be wildly disappointed. But I think if he's a guy that just buys into his strengths and, you know, doesn't let, uh, what's the saying? Like doesn't let good get in the way of being great. Is that, is that, is that Mm. the saying is, and he just focuses on continuing to improve on his strengths. I think he could be a, a really, really great value pick in that end of the first, early second area. I think a good way to think about Bona is he's like the the anti or opposite of Carl Anthony Towns. Just he's going to be crazy versatile for you on defense and on offense it's the <laughs> opposite of carl anthony town is the inverse exactly exactly the guy that as you mentioned tons of rim running 
going to be setting re- he he set some hard screens too like i like mm. how he gets down um unafraid he he kind of i just then there's like a no fear factor to this guy you know the type Corey. like you've played tons of basketball in your life that you always get like one of these weird like sickos that are just like unafraid of anything and they just throw their body around and you start getting worried about like, okay, is he going to fly into my knee and I'll never <laughs> play basketball again? But bonus, <laughs> he kind of has that energy to him. You know, he plays really hard, really athletic, moves really well, like really, yeah. really moves well on the court laterally as well. So um, really interesting guy. Really interesting guy. Really interesting guy. Really is. All right. We've gone for over an hour. Um, if you want to get another look at this list, then you need to head to no ceilings, Uh, it's free subscribe. You will get content delivered to your inbox every Monday through Friday, sometimes every Sunday through Friday, 9am po- prospect breakdowns, uh, big boards, mock drafts, uh, just so much content um if you are listening to the podcast make sure that you know you leave us a, a five-star review subscribe so you don't miss an episode we are going five days a week there uh, if you're watching live on youtube make sure you're subscribed to the channel and everybody watching live hits that like button uh this was a fun episode albert i know you have a piece coming out tell tell everybody uh watching or listening at home what you got cooking so uh, look i love how the freaking expansive coverage we've done as a website at no ceilings nba we've covered pretty much all the top guys right so at this point i'm in a place where if i'm gonna write i need to find something to write about like it's hard to find like a prospect <laughs> to write about because we're covering so many dudes right but you know recently i'm out here on the west coast i watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball and a guy that i've noticed like that usc team is kind of weird um but there's a guy on that team named drew peterson who i actually saw at the Pac-12 tournament last year too and was intrigued then but kind of put it in my back pocket um he's he's a big wing that plays for usc can shoot the shit out of the ball um, is surprisingly a really good passer. He's averaging almost five assists per game and couldn't handle the ball a little bit. And I was just like, hmm, let me do a deeper dive. And I came away really liking him and really thinking like, yeah, he's a fifth-year guy. I understand that he's 22, 23. I believe he's 23, actually. I, but I, I just think if NBA teams are looking for a big wing shooter, I think they should take a look at him. So I wrote a pretty extensive piece on him. And um I'm not going to argue that he should go in the first round, but I feel like taking a flyer on him in the second round or going undrafted and grabbing him as a undrafted free agent, I think is worthwhile because he can really shoot. He can really pass and USC, they put the ball in his hands a lot. And when his role becomes a little bit more simplified in the NBA, I think he could become a really damn good player. So that's what I wrote about. I love it. And that's the kind of coverage we, we provide it. No ceilings NBA.com, man. Like just all over the board, guys who yeah. are gonna get drafted, who might not, but important to when you're scrolling Twitter on draft night and seeing who your team signed as a to a two-way deal, exhibit 10, and all that good stuff. Um, all right. Uh 
where can the people find you, Albert, before we sign off? Uh, you can find me at Alberto Gim on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. I'm at GTG NBA. Those are my two main handles. Is uh, are you? That's where you can find me. And you can find me at Corey Tullaba on Twitter, the NBA Draft Dude on TikTok. You follow No Ceilings NBA on TikTok. And as always, we'll be back next week with another prospect breakdown. But until that time, we are out. Peace. Peace.